Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you have an experience with the paranormal and you want to share your story, you can email us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. How are you doing tonight, Allison? I'm doing well. It was sunny today. Sunny. (laughs) February was very February. Yeah. At least in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I think it seems like it was that way everywhere. (laughs) In the past few years, there's always been one day in February where I've been hiking with a t-shirt. Yeah, where it gets to be like in the low 70s and you're like, this is so freakish, but we didn't have any of those days this year. We didn't. Although I was hiking and I got so overheated, I was wearing a t-shirt one day. (laughs) I was hiking, but it was snow on the ground. It wasn't like those days where it's like, like you said, 75 or whatever in February. Well, on tonight's show, I'll be talking with Lynn, who's a fantastic guest. With a fantastic subject. Guess what it was? Aliens. No. (laughs) No, it was not aliens. Ghosts. No, it was not ghosts. It was Bigfoot. Oh, okay. She saw a phasing Bigfoot. I don't know what that means. It phased out of existence as she watched it. So she saw Bigfoot and then she just saw it fade out. Like a ghost. Kind of like a ghost, I guess. Yeah. But it phased out in almost like layers of colors. So the darks went first, and what was left was blue and red, and then it phased out in order like that. They were like Photoshop layers of a big Almost, <laughs> almost. Yeah, she, she said so much so that she thought some neighborhood kid with a gaming system, had, like some neighborhood genius kid, had figured out a had way. Had projected it or something. Yeah, had figured out a way to project it. But she said it was all too real looking. When it was there, it was there, and it was all too real looking. Really, really interesting story. Was it in the middle of the woods? No. It's in her front yard. She lives in a community. Really, really interesting story. 
I was so excited to get that that I bumped Lynn to the head of the class. <laughs> I know. I've heard you talk about it. You're, you play favorites. With Bigfoot, I tend to, especially with weird Bigfoot stuff, I love it so much. This interview is very where the footprints end, I have to say. It could have gone easily into volume two of that book if I'd have known the story in time. But I'm happy to get it at any time. And it was really, really great talking to Lynn. Before we go to her interview, let's talk Patreon. Okay. As promised, everybody, I had to raise the base price just a little bit, just because everything's going up. And I raised the one tier where you get a pin. Mm -hmm. I raised that up a little bit, too, because postage was killing us on that. We were actually Mm -hmm. losing money on that tier. Nothing went up very much. I think it's pretty reasonable when you get a full episode of Strange Familiars every month. Over 60 of them now. When you sign up, you get all of those episodes right away and then new ones every month. And you help us out. And becoming a patron is the best way to help Strange Familiars. Helps us continue making the show and making other content besides. You can find it at patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. There's different tiers of support there. You can go in at the basic and just get the bonus content, or you can add stuff like pins, stickers, copies of my books, and more. Go ahead and check it out, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Like I said, that's the best way to help the show. If you don't like the idea of a monthly subscription like Patreon, and you still want to help, you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. If you go to the show notes under any episode, there's a paypal.me link. You can click that. It'll take you to PayPal. You can make a one-time donation there. While we're talking about that, I want to thank Sarah B. She made a very generous PayPal donation. Incredibly generous. Thank you so much. Such a huge help. And Eric C. continues with his regular PayPal donations. So thank you so much, Eric C. Such a big help. Everyone can help by sharing the show on social media, by liking and subscribing wherever you're listening, whether that's a podcatcher or whatever app you use on your phone to listen, or... If you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe there. And by giving us those nice reviews, that helps get the show in front of new potential listeners. So without further ado, let's get to my interview with Lynn. Tonight we're talking with Lynn, who has a really, really interesting encounter with something that sounds like Bigfoot to me. So uh, I'll just look, go ahead and let you lay the groundwork and you can tell us your story and I'll ask questions as you go along. Hey, thank you, Tim. Well, I live in central Oklahoma and I'm in between a major university and an Air Force base and I am in city. I'm in a suburb, you know, housing suburb, and I live on a cul-de-sac street, you know, one of those little streets that has a turnaround at the end of it. Mm-hmm. All just regular family housing. And this was in June of last year, 2020. It was in the middle of the week. It was like a Tuesday or Wednesday. I was off work. And it was in the morning, about 10, 11 o'clock. On the side of my house, I have a, a little garden space. And I call it my secret garden. And it's just at the side of the house in between you know, my fence and the neighbor's house, and it's about six feet wide, and it's as long as the side of the house, about 20 feet. And I fixed it all up, and there's got a little bench and some pavers and lots and lots of flowers. Put all this, you know, I keep putting new stuff in it every year and throw seeds out there and see what happens. And it's got a little metal gate in the front of it, and it's just my little hiding place. And I'll go in there and read or just putter around with the plants. I just, you know, it's just to play. Sure. Um, So I was going out that morning just to deadhead some flowers. I wanted to save the seeds for next year, and they had really done well. And so I took a little plastic bowl and my flower clippers, and I went on out. Now, it was a windy day. It was real windy. We get a lot of wind here sometimes, but it was not about to storm or anything. It was just windy. So I went on out, but it was nice and warm, and I was just doing my thing with those flowers, clipping the heads off of them, filling up the bowl. And then all of a sudden, there was this god-awful noise. It was so awful. (laughs) It sounded like two cars going fast in the street in front of my house and head-on collided. 
and that crunch, that metal crunch, yeah. and then maybe one of them rolled. So there was a roar, like with the rolling, but also the metal bending as it rolled. And then maybe it hit the big front tree in my house, and there was crack and crunch and wood sounds, and then big crash in like the front of my house maybe caved in from this big tree falling on it. It was that horrible of a noise. Wow. So when that started, I jumped back and I was screaming and I screamed the whole time. And I don't do that, but I did that time. So I screamed a long time. So it stopped and I'm so stunned. You know, I don't know what. So I'm looking out towards the front of my house where I thought the noise had come from. And there at the end of my little private garden, my little skinny private garden, the end of the fence to the front was this giant hairy thing standing there at the end of the fence now it had both hands on top of my fence but his face was turned up the street looking up the cul-de-sac but it wasn't like a full profile he was just had his head turned a little bit Mm -hmm. where i could see like three quarters of his face and i just stood there i didn't make a sound i sure wasn't thinking I had no thoughts. I was just amazed. And I was just looking at it. Now, this wind, it was blowing. And I could see the branches blowing up way over its head. And the fur was blowing around. So he was like, or she, it, it was no more than 10 feet from me. And I could see from the bottom of its shoulders up. And so it had to be at least eight feet tall. But the tall isn't what was so what was so scary. What was so scary is how big and tall that it was. It was just huge. So I was just looking at it all over it, all over the face, the shoulders, the hands, and I had time. Nothing was happening. It was like time stood still kind of and so I would look from one place to another to another, and the wind was blowing its fur around like in circles, like how it will on a, a dog. You know, mm-hmm. if you ever walk in the dog and it's windy. Mm-hmm. So I could see the skin underneath it. Now, it was black. The fur hair was black. And underneath the skin was a dark gray. And the face, there was a brow ridge, but there was nothing sticking out around the chin or the mouth it was flat it's a really flat face and it was squinting looking up the cul-de-sac i could see the lines on the side of its eye the eye that was closest to me i could see the eyelashes i could see the eyelashes on both eyes although i couldn't see all of the one eye and the nose was uh, small it had like a straight bridge and had a little tip on the end of it but it didn't look like one of those noses like you could see up the nostrils. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just looked like this little nose. And the mouth was closed. Also very dark color all over the face. The lips were that same dark gray. But it was closed. But it wasn't uh, – there was lips. It was like people lips. Mm-hmm. And they, were, they weren't giant big and they weren't little bitty skinny. They were fine, fine lips on anybody. Anybody would like those lips. Um, <laughs> But it did have that brow ridge. And then as I looked on its head and stuff, I was going back and forth and up and down, both hands, shoulder, head. And the one thought I remember having was, that's why they say it looks like they have on a hoodie. Because it had this point on mm. the head. And then one time when I was going from its its left hand, looking back up to its face, I saw this little tiny bit of an ear, but I didn't stop and look at the ear because it was just the fur was blowing around and I just kind of saw it. So I skimmed over it and I was looking back at the face. So the hands, it was more of its right hand over the fence than its left hand. So just just for clarity's sake, this was like in your neighbor's yard kind of reaching over the fence? Oh, no, it was in my front yard. Oh, so, so, okay. So it was in your yard. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It was on, like, this is a little skinny uh, flower patch that I have on the side of the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, like, six feet wide, 
is the panel on the front of the house, and it was on the other side of that six foot wide. Okay, the, all right, so in the front of my house. I had because you would email me first, and I kind of I had pictured it as kind of leaning over the fence from your neighbor's yard, but no, it was in your yard. Wow, it was oh, in the wow. front yard. Wow, it was in yeah, in the very front yard. Okay, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> all right, so it's right hand. There was more of it than the left hand, and I spent more time looking at the right hand at mm-hmm. its right hand. Okay, so it it was hairy, and the fingers were real chubby. And the hair got sparser and sparser as it went down the fingers. And when it got close down to where the nails were, I could I could just see them so plain. And they were like curly. They were super sparse, but very curly. The nails were not claws. They were definitely like nails. And they were clean. And they were like trimmed. Okay, you could even see the little white at the ends of the nails. Like, like it just had a manicure. Wow. That's really what it looks like. Um, the other hand was same, but not so much of it was over. So I, I don't know why, but I just something about its right hand kept pulling me back, and I couldn't figure out what it was. But I would look from one place to another place to another place, mostly seeing if the thing was going to move mm-hmm. or make a noise or something. But you know, it wasn't doing any of that. But what I figured out why I was so puzzled about that hand is because the nails were like lined up straight, aclo- uh, straight across. You know, your ne- your fingers are not supposed to be lined up, right? right? They're, they're different lengths. Okay. But if you curl the first two joints of your finger, just curl them in your hand, the fingernails line up. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking that what I was looking at coming over the fence on the with this right hand was just the first two digits of its fingers. And that would have been, I went, I went back and measured it finally. And that would have been like 11 or 12 inches long. Wow. Just the first two digits. Wow. Yeah. So I thought at first he was leaning on that fence when, you know, like I first had that impression because I've got this bay window in the front of the house and, for it to be looking up the street, it would have to look around this bay window. But it couldn't have been leaning because that old fence would have come right down. Hmm. You know, it's just no fence. So it had to be that he was stood back looking up that way and just had his hands sitting on top of the fence. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, it just seemed like it went on forever that I just stood there and looked and kept looking and kept looking. And then suddenly it started fading and it didn't just fade away. It very slowly slid away with the darker colors first, like the black went and then the gray went. And then when those went, there was like highlights left a blue, a real bright blue that went around the jaw area and the chin, jaw, and then yellow highlights that went across the brow ridge and down in the cheekbones. And the colors hung there in the air. They just hung there. And then the blue went next, very slowly faded away. And then the yellow faded and went away and then it was gone and I couldn't move. I I I didn't want to move. (laughs) I wasn't thinking. Okay. So I thought, well, you know, is it going to come barreling over that fence and plow me over? You know, is this Mm -hmm. it now that I can't even see it? And then I thought, well, what if it's invisible like that, maybe it's a ghost thing and it's going to come through me and it's going to feel like, Cold. They, they say ghosts are cold if right, they walk right. through you. Okay, because, you know, I was out of my mind. I didn't know. So I stood there and I thought, well, finally I had some real thoughts and, you know, I best not stand here anymore. So I backed up some and just went around and came and sat on the patio in the backyard. I mean, I was shaking. I was really, really shaking. Something really happened. Whatever it was, it really did happen. So I had a cigarette, and I may have wound up sitting out there having a whole pack of cigarettes. (laughs) And I kept looking to see if it was coming around the side of the house, and should I watch out? 
But as I was thinking, okay, I was thinking like, okay, those colors on this thing, it can't be an animal because animals don't do that. And it reminded me of back in the day that how they used to do cartoons where they do them in those celluloid layers to change positions and colors. Yeah, Yeah. kind of what I was thinking when you were describing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, okay, that made me think, well, there's some genius kid around here that has come up with a new gaming system. Oh, And he can make his players and things like roam out and about, Mm -hmm. you know, like, okay. And then I got mad. I got really, really mad because how dare he, whoever this genius kid is. And I could have had a heart attack out there and died. Nobody would ever know. It was just the lady in her garden. She had a heart attack and died, you know? Right, right. And, yeah, I really, really got mad. And then I started thinking, well, this university, it's been known to do stuff. Maybe they're doing stuff. And then I started thinking, well, what's he even doing at that fence? I mean, what in the world is this thing doing at the fence? Yeah. So he was looking up the street, and I thought, well, maybe he was chasing something. And it cut through, you know, neighbors' houses, and he was going to come back through my backyard and cut it off and catch it. And then I thought, well, but he's looking up straight up the street, and, you know, and it took a while that he was standing there looking straight up the street. And then I thought, well, that Air Force Base is right over there. And then I started thinking, and this thing was so clean. Its fur was like, it's like four to five inches long. But it was like, it, there wasn't any straggly hairs. There wasn't any clumps. There wasn't any tangles. This thing was clean. And its hands were so clean. Those fingers were so clean. So when something crazy happens, you think crazy thoughts. And I thought, well, maybe they were having it groomed. And they put it down in the wrong place. <laughs> and then they had to pick it right back up again. Because you know what <laughs> yeah oh what? yeah no, no it's, it's, you just saw something <laughs> yeah. really re- i mean wild you know like like just i don't want to say crazy because i don't like calling people crazy but it's it's a crazy thing to see you know it's, it's that was a, crazy yeah right so, here in town then you start thinking well okay if it wasn't an accident if it was on purpose well what's that about and we know advertisers mine our phones and they you know everything they they mine this information about us. So if somebody wanted to know where to put a Bigfoot, they might choose my house if it was around here because it is something I've had an interest in off and on. And it started back, actually, I'm in my middle 60s now. Uh, when I was my first year in high school, we lived in Los Angeles, outside of Los Angeles. And in my geography class, 68, 69, my geography teacher brought in a reel-to-reel film of the Patterson-Gimlin filming. Mm -hmm. And he showed it to us in class. And no one had ever seen anything like that before. And it triggered something in me that lasted a long time. But what it triggered was there's real things, you know, and they live in the woods in Northern California, right? Right. But this geography teacher, he was all about, how our environment shapes our culture, everything we do, what we eat, what we believe. Really, his whole year of class was just trying to get that into us, that anywhere in the world, it's your environment that makes you how you are and all the people how they are. Mm -hmm. So when he was showing this film to us, he was saying that he thought this was a different kind of people. And they live in this environment And they know how to live in this environment. You know, it was just really something that this one got caught on film because they, it's just never happened before. And that was his point. And I thought it was really cool that there was these people up there that lived like that, but I didn't, I don't know. I I didn't understand how neat it was. He had that film for, you know, to show us in class. Yeah. I mean, that's really early and I'm thinking maybe like you told me a little bit about it before we hit record, but I didn't know you were in LA at the time. So that maybe he knew somebody that knew somebody, you know what I mean? Like, well, I think he must have because they couldn't have got that like in the, the teacher's repository to check out the next year. I mean, it, it, I don't know how he got this. He was a really cool teacher anyway. And I remembered him for everything that he had done. He was yeah. a good teacher. Um, but yeah, that, 
you know, I didn't start thinking about that until after this incident. It just didn't occur to me how neat that was that it's I got to see that that really early. Neat, and and it's pretty forward thinking, in my estimation, for somebody at that time to just say, "Well, no, it's another type of people." Yeah, um, uh, presuming he's he wasn't Native American. No, he was not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he happened to be, and one of the reasons I remember him so well is that he happened to be from Oklahoma originally. Interesting. And so, yeah, and I wanted to leave Los Angeles area and move to Oklahoma uh, because we had relatives here that had a big ranch, and I would come in the summer. And this leads into another thing I wanted to tell you about. Every summer when I'd come, they had this it was a big ranch, and they had a 50-acre lake on it, and it was had a big dam on it. It was one of those man-made lakes that they did after the Dust Bowl. They built lakes all over Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and so it was one of those. But it was so beautiful and dark out there, and I could see all the stars, right? I could see the Milky Way. I could see, you know, things you don't see in Southern California. And I was really, really into flying saucers. That was my thing. It was all the same kind of time frame. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I was 10, 11, 12, you know, it was like all in there. And so anybody that would go with me, we'd go sit out on that dam like we were going to watch fireworks show. And we'd watch the stuff that went on in the sky. Stuff didn't happen every night, but most nights it did. And it was just like just lights that would make geometric patterns and just, you know, go down and then zip off in a different direction. And it would be like closer to the far end of the lake is what it looked like, not up where we were. And again, it was a very big lake, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like close up enough that it would be insects or anything. So my point about telling that is because I made my parents crazy with it (laughs) because, you know, that's all I wanted to talk about and do and read. And my mom was very progressive back in her day. And they were older parents, and I'm older, so the time frame will make more sense. But when she was very young, during World War II, she moved to Los Angeles by herself, and she worked for the government in an office in Los Angeles, and she worked there for the whole war. But she worked in this little office that Los Alamos reported to. Okay. So I don't know like where all the connections are or anything. But she told me what she did there, you know, where she was like a secretary and she typed and she filed and she answered the phone and she took shorthand and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then the employees would talk, but they couldn't like, everything was real secret. Everything was real secret and they couldn't talk about stuff. She didn't have like details as things went on in Los Alamos. And I don't know if this office was over them or it was just in the mix, you know, of being reported to. So she said to me after it's been almost two years, this flying saucer stuff. And she sat me down one day and she said, you know, I can't tell you much about the work I did, but you know, she had told me before, I'm sorry that um, they knew the war was going to be over about a year and a half before it all happened. So they started making their plans of what their next jobs were going to be. These Mm -hmm. people, they knew the war was going to be over (laughs) because of these reports that they had, that they, there was something that was going to end the war. So that was a big deal. And that's pretty much all she'd tell me about her job there. She later worked in Washington, D.C. After that is where she went. So she sat me down this day and she said, you've got to understand that anything you see in the sky it's us. I can't tell you how I know that, hmm. and I'm not going to tell you any more than that. But you need to get over this because there aren't, you know, aliens coming down, and all this stuff isn't happening. There's not Martians. She said everything that you see up there is us. So that's mom telling me, you know, so I believe her. Right, sure. So as I would see these things, out on the dam in the summer nights watching them, I would just assume it was us. She didn't bother to tell me that us can be really mean, awful people (laughs) and not the wonderful servicemen of the 50s that we were all supposed to believe in, you know? Right, right. Okay, so through the years, when 
I would hear these things about the Bigfoot and stuff in the sky. I couldn't make sense of it mm-hmm. because Bigfoot and something in the sky, that would be us. So what are we doing and what's going on and what's happening? And I realized I thought about it a lot. And through the years, I've talked to a lot of people here in Oklahoma that have had sightings and experiences. And it's routine. It's matter of fact. Um, it doesn't happen all the time, but things happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, you just go on with your life. I never found anyone that was scared to death like I was of whatever this thing was that happened to me. But I'm thinking now, because this thing looked like it had been groomed, that because it was in a place it had no business being, if it's us up there, what if this thing was some kind of a captive? Like what, you know, what could explain the connection between the two? Right. Like how how did this all how does this all put together? You know, and that's going, of course, mom said and Everybody wants to believe mom, absolutely. So I look at it, that's always been my perspective is these things are real and anything in the sky is us. And that's always been my perspective. I've enlarged on that a lot, you know, but you fall back on what you believed sure, yeah. all your life. You always do. Yeah. 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 Like things my mom told me definitely still have impact today. And, and Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you, sometimes yeah. you have to kind of snap yourself out of it if you, if you want you to. You do. Yeah. You do because, you, you know, you turn into your parents. Whether <laughs> <laughs> you like it or not. Mm-hmm. So it, that's very concerning to me, though, if there is something like that going on. Yeah. These are, you know, whatever these are, if, if that is happening, and it could be. People do have done that always, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, but there's yeah, that. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know is the is the end answer to, to all of it, but it's it's really interesting because when you were describing sort of the way it was fading out, the other thing I was thinking mm-hmm. of is these what they call glimmer man reports or these you know these things that look like the predator that people see, mm-hmm. and that technology exists. That like yes. it's it's known. I mean, that's the government has that technology. They can do yes. that to to people. You know, they can make people right. like camouflage them like that. Mm-hmm. If that technology exists, you know what what other technology is there as far as things that can look like they fade away? You know, right? Or or turn invisible or 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 whatever this thing did. I mean, you know, you know, and it just it just kind of made me think about that. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow. How long would you say you sat there and looked at it? Well, it had to be three or four minutes. Wow. You know, like it it had to be because I've even tried like, okay, if I stare at my cat for, you know, ever how long, how many different things am I going to see on my cat, you mm-hmm. know, that I see all the time? And you can see a whole lot, a whole lot when you're looking, you know, just all different little things you just – and yeah, it it was a good while. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't two seconds. Right. It right. was there for a while. And then, you know, from the time it started till the time it was gone, you know, all of that time. But, you know, I can't decide if I should have looked up, you know, and if I would have seen anything, if I had thought to look up, you know, going again at, at what could have been up there, if it had been dropped down and brought back up, or, you know, just if it's a natural way these things can be so you know i don't know if 
if that was good or bad that I didn't look up. But there could have been something and I just didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think I would have looked away either. I think I would have been Mm -hmm. very, very focused on, you know, the, the strange thing that's in front of me. Well, I didn't have choice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty much stuck on it. Would, right. Would you say the the nose was was human like? Absolutely. Yeah. It was small, a straight bridge nose and it had a little tip on the end of it. And the lips were very human like and what I could see of the eyes, you know, they were squinted, closed looking up, but the eyelashes look human. The squints around the eyes you know, around the one eyes that I could see the lines that, you know, just human, human, round face. It had, its face was round. And, you know, if you had to like put a, a word on it to describe it, it was like a sweet face. Huh. It was not an ugly, scary face. Right, right. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. And, and you noted how well groomed it was too. It's really yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, because that, that it just wasn't supposed to be that way. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. You expect them to be all you know tangled and muddy mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The hair around the face did it grow like close to the brow, or was it you know again more like human like the way the hair formed? And... It was yeah. It was around the face literally, like mm-hmm. from uh, the top of the brow ridge down the sides of the face, and then down under the chin, mm-hmm. like the. Um, didn't have like a beard kind of a thing, right. but it, it, it just went, it was under the chin and enough in a circle, like, you know, from what I could see that mm-hmm. it looked like it was a circle face around moon kind of shaped face. Yeah. And then back from there. And was the hair fairly, you, you said it was like four or five inches. Is that everywhere? Like head, arms, everywhere was pretty consistent. Yeah, length. yeah. it was Uh huh. very consistently. It was like, if you looked at a plush animal, like you buy in a store, like, mm-hmm. you know, like just perfect. Wow. And except, I mean, it was blowing around in the wind, so it was moving, but there just wasn't anything out of place as far as as the hair went. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. In your neighborhood where this happened, are there stretches of woods nearby? No, not for a good ways. I mean, I am in city. Interesting. That's so interesting. Yeah. And mm-hmm. any kind of like waterway or creek nearby? There's a little creek that's probably five blocks away mm-hmm. from here in a little small park. And it's probably not a creek. It's probably a, a runoff thing that they made, you right. know, for the yeah. city somehow. It's not yeah. a real creek. But no, it's, it's you have to go pretty good ways to get into any kind of woods. Like there, you'd have to go... I don't know, I might even be five miles or so from any kind of country, like just mm-hmm. to get out of the city, like right. to be to start at the edge of the city someplace. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't necessarily think it matters. I was just curious, was, you know, because that's, uh, you know, a lot of people will look for like some kind of pathway of woods maybe that goes into a town, you know, that's something mm-hmm. to have followed. But uh, mm-hmm. really, really interesting. Really interesting. Now, that big crash you heard, you, you told me you, yeah. you'd heard it again. Was this before I've or after? I've heard it before. Before. No, before. Okay. So, I've lived here over 20 years, and there's been several times when I have heard this terrible loud noise, like coming from the garage, though. The garage is on the other side of the house from from where I saw this thing. And... I would go out and look and see. We have earthquakes, you know, small earthquakes here in Oklahoma. And I would always, in my head, I'd say, well, we must have had an earthquake. Mm-hmm. And I'd go and look, and there would be nothing out of place. Now, this would be like once every two years, uh, maybe twice in one year. And I was not always just by myself. Sometimes there was somebody else that heard it. So we'd stop whatever we're doing, go checking it out. And the, the closest to me, was uh, one time it sounded like it was in the kitchen laundry room kind of area, and it wasn't quite so loud. But the September before this all happened, so September of 2019, I was needed to take the car out of the garage. I was going to go somewhere, and um, I have to pull up the garage door by hand. The garage door opener has mm-hmm. been broken for a while. Yeah. It's a big garage, okay, so, but one door, I went out, opened it, I took the car out, I came back in, and I was about to close the garage door when the noise started. Now, this noise was metal and crashing and kabooming 
and it sounded like there was a big piece of sheet metal with people on either end of it shaking it, mm-hmm. that kind of a noise yeah, from sheet yeah. metal. Okay, and it went on and on, and I scanned the garage. I was looking, you know, I was waiting because I'm thinking earthquake again, you know. Mm-hmm. I was looking to see what's shaking, what's not, what's happening out here, and it got so loud I had to put my hands over my ears. Wow. And, you know, it, that was bad. <laughs> and I didn't go anywhere. I came back in the house, locked up, and sat in here, left the car sitting out and the garage door open. Because I would, it, it, it just rocks you. You just don't know what to do with these things. So I did tell people about that. And so somebody thought, well, I've got somebody living up in my attic. I've got a squatter up there, and I better get the police and go up there and see. I didn't want to call police. So but somebody did go up there and look, and there's nothing going on. Mm-hmm. I checked with my heat and air guy because the people that used to live here, they had planned to like enclose the garage and make it a den. And um, I thought, well, maybe they've got ductwork up there, like the old old time metal ductwork yeah. that's just up there loose. Mm-hmm. If there's critters got in, they could be knocking that around. It didn't explain how awful this noise was, but just try and think. And he said, no, there's nothing, nothing like that over the garage. There's just nothing there. We talked about the hot water heater, that if they start going out, they can do some really strange things. Um, but you would notice that either scalding water or the hot water just wouldn't come out at all. Right. And it will make noise. And I thought, well, what if gas is somehow leaking and going up in the attic and exploding? Hmm. Anyway, I called the gas company, you know, it was fine. So no explanation for it. Yeah. No earthquake. I mean, I checked that day. I checked the next day. I checked the day after that. Right. There wasn't any earthquake. So I've heard it before, here, before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, And the day when you saw the creatures, you know, you said it sounded like something hit the front of your house. I'm, I'm assuming your house was fine, no damage to your tree, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. yeah, and there's no cars crashing. Mm-hmm. And, and there wasn't any glass sounds. Like if cars crashed, you know, there'd be glass. Mm-hmm. No, there wasn't that. It was metal. It was crunching metal and rolling like a roar, and then tree breaking, cracking, pulling up out of the ground kind of sounds. Right. You know, I mean, I don't have another way I can describe how, you know, how the sound sounded. It was, But it was that loud and that bad. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. I, I mean, I, I feel like they're connected, but who can say? I mean, you know, it's bizarre. Around the time that you saw this creature, were you having anything just in your private life, anything crazy going on, like any major changes or anything like that? No, I wasn't. I really, really wasn't. Things were pretty good. I mean, you know, the pandemic was getting on up there, but Mm -hmm. I worked from home. I didn't have anything like that to stress out about. Uh, But one thing that had been happening, okay, and it was a few months, well, probably around the time of the noise in the garage, like in that September, it's probably around that time, I started getting this creepy feeling. Something about the side of my house, where the secret garden is, and I would just get the creeps. Only at night, I get the creeps. And I wouldn't go in and take a shower at night because the bathroom is on that side. And I got worried about the windows on that side of the house. And it was really bad. It was a real creeps. Like I had a window peeper. Like mm-hmm. I knew I had a window peeper when there was no reason to think that. So I, I took extra precautions. I covered all those windows up extra and make sure and never went in there to take a shower at night. That was like the feeling that I had in my head. I decided it was the man that lives on the other side of that fence. Mm-hmm. And he was a young man, a young family, little kids. And, you know, I had a few interactions with him, just neighbor stuff, and he was fine. And I don't think anything was going on with him. That's just where my head went. I had right. to pin it on somebody. And he told me one of the last times I saw him that he was joining the Army or something, and he was going off to boot camp. And I haven't seen him since. I don't know that he's still a part of the family or mm-hmm. not. But, um, I mean, so this has been a long time, way over a year. He's been gone. But it was that side of the house. I could be out in the backyard at night. I could be on the patio at night in the dark, just sitting out there. I could be anywhere. 
but it was just that side of the house when I was in the house through the windows. That's interesting. That is really interesting. And has that faded over time, that feeling? It has faded, but I also don't go in there and take a shower at night still, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just not going to happen. I have quit covering up the other windows on that side of the house because that turned into a real hassle. If somebody was going to come over, I'd have to take it down. Mm -hmm. One time I forgot and I had to explain, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so yeah. But yeah, but it's not, it has not been a threat, like a feeling like a threat, something scary for a long time. So, and I don't know if that has anything to do yeah, with no, anything. Yeah, no, but it's an interesting note for sure. Mm-hmm. So at this point, like having seen what you saw, what are your feelings on, I mean, first of all, I guess, do you even think that was what, in other places people call Bigfoot? Do you think that was the same thing? Well, how do you answer that, right? Mm-hmm. Um I saw what I saw, and mm-hmm. what I saw was a creature, an animal of some type or something. It was it was a living thing, what I saw, mm-hmm. okay, until it wasn't, right. until it, it did that other thing, and it went away. And I don't know how to reconcile that. Well, I mean, that's I guess absolutely that's the, most, the thing, right? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. the, the most honest answer, you know, so yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you still agree with your mom that whatever's in the sky is us? Well, probably I do. But that doesn't mean like the little lights that people see, the little ones, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Not some big craft, but right. the, the little things. That could be something else, right? Right. right. I, mm-hmm. I saw ball lightning um, when I was a teenager. Um, it came in the back door of the house during a storm, oh, wow. followed the doorknob. It was, it was a ball. Now, see, now here's another thing. They say that's ball lightning. Well, what if it's not? (laughs) What if if ball lightning is the term they coined so everybody would just get over it? Right. But this thing came in the back door of like the dining area and it floated up and down through the dining room and it went over to the uh, stove, steel handle on the stove, and it went right along that steel handle and then it went from there and it hopped over into the sink and it went to the faucet and it slid along the faucet and then it went out the window over the sink. It was open a little bit. Wow. Amazing. How so, about how big was it? That's really amazing. Oh, softball size. Amazing. Yeah. But see, it didn't used to be amazing that you'd see ball lightning, right? Back in the day. <laughs> so I have thought about that too. Maybe it, maybe it's not ball lightning, but it was during the storm. Mm-hmm. And everybody told me that's what it was, and so I believed them. So things like that, there's other there's other things that go on. There are natural explanations that we don't understand yet, we don't know about yet. There's so many ways to go. So, like, you know, I don't think Bigfoot is driving a craft from another planet. Right, no. sure, yeah, yeah. Right, no. But, you know, it that safety that your parents put in you when they tell you things, it's always good to hang on to that, but the way she told it to me, it was important. Yeah, she, it's, it sounds like she, she actually had, knew. Yeah, yeah, like some kind of inside knowledge there. Yeah, and yeah, like my feeling is again with most of the craft. I you know I won't say all. I don't know you know, but but with most of the craft that people see, and with the government who claims they're interested in it, I think they're just gathering information i think they're probably worried about maybe if china or russia or some other country has similar technology and they want Mm -hmm. to track it and that's why they're gathering the information they want to know where people are seeing these things and then they'll compare it to Ah. where they were at the time so i think a lot of what people is seeing you know i would tend to agree is is probably man-made ships of one one sort or another that makes good sense but that you know speculation i'm just you know Mm -hmm. i'm just just guessing (laughs) Wow. That's all we've got, right? Yeah, yeah. What an interesting encounter. It's, I mean, so scared your pants off that day, but in general, it was pretty okay. You got a really nice view of what appeared to be a well-groomed creature. I mean, he nothing bad ended up happening. Would you, if it was the same encounter again, would you want to see him again, like in the same way? No, no. Was um, enough? No, there, there wasn't anything good about it. It was. <laughs> I was in shock, barely making it through life for mm-hmm. a good two weeks mm-hmm. at the end of the two weeks 
I thought, well, I should just go see if there's any footprints out there. But and I, I tried to walk over there to the front of the yard, and I couldn't go over there. Oh wow! And then it was months before I told anybody, and it just hung on me, you know, and months before I could tell anybody. And so I told the two people in the world I can tell things to, and they were, you know, very, very kind and just helped me try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Of course, now how many people am I telling? But, <laughs> but you know, truly. I didn't get over it enough to feel any kind of relief until I wrote to you. Mm -hmm. And I just want to thank you so much for that. I know you get thanked a lot, but I hope someday you can really understand what that does for someone to just be there. Just listen. No judgments. You don't know either, right? Sure, Um, yeah. But you're just there. And so I wrote that and sent it off to you. And even before you responded, it was like, oh. <laughs> well, and that's that's when I started feeling better about the whole thing. Yeah. Well, th- th- thank you for saying that. That's I honestly I do take it seriously, and I I do feel like it's a responsibility in a sense, and that's why I feel so guilty about my email about not getting back to people quickly and so forth, because uh, I've taken this responsibility on, and it's a job I love. Like I love doing mm-hmm. this. This is you know it's not a burden in any way, but I do take it seriously. And when people say things like that to me, thank you. That means the world to me. If it's any service at all to people, it's it's a great thing. So thank you so much. Well, you're so very welcome. Well, thank you for sharing your story, Lynn. Uh, it was amazing. Really amazing. So I hope you don't see it again. Since you don't want to see it again, I hope you no, never I see don't. it again. <laughs> I'd like to see the explanation in yeah. writing somewhere. Yeah, but that's all. <laughs> all right. Thank yeah. you so, so much. Figure it sh- out, Tim. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing right. your story. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. I want to thank our ongoing sponsor, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. Of course, that's a great help as well. And what a great sponsor to have because we love puppies. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to, it's not like, oh, should we rep this? Is this really, are we selling out? No, it's dogs. <laughs> yeah, I, it's wonderful. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you. They've got a relationship-based approach that helps you and your puppy become perfect for each other. They have online sources like video lessons, a super secret Facebook group. As I said, it might be regular secret and it might not be super secret. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure when a Facebook group moves from the secret level to the super secret level. You'll never know. But I'm going to call it super Mm -hmm. secret. And, of course, they have one-on-one options available as well. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for that 90 days to the perfect puppy link at the top of the page. 90 days to the perfect puppy can help you. They can teach you what to do and, perhaps more importantly, what not to do. Again, you can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 days to the perfect puppy link at the top of the page. Well, I want to thank Lynn one more time because I just really enjoyed talking with her. And that bit she said at the end where she thanked me and said it was kind of a load off her chest being able to even just email and tell her experience and Mm -hmm. then to talk to me, that meant a lot to me. And it was really, really touching to hear. So I want to thank her again. I hope everybody enjoyed our interview with Lynn. If you've seen a disappearing Bigfoot, I want to hear about it. (laughs) You will get bumped to the head of the class. Tonight's photo is... A gem tintype. Why were they called gem tintypes, Allison? Well, they're small. Like, compared to a, a regular photo, they're just tiny. They look sort of like, almost like thumbnail size, maybe slightly exaggerated thumbnail size. Now, I've seen these inserted in jewelry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were they made specifically for that purpose? They could be, but not, but not specifically exclusively, I guess. Because the other thing I see a lot is these cards, like this particular gem tintype is in. It was the original sort of paper frame they made for it, which is CDB sized. Yeah. So you can put it in an album and it's not going to, you know, you got this tiny little less than an inch photo and you want to put it in an album. It would just get lost otherwise. It would get lost otherwise. And they, they're so pretty, like they're embossed. Now you have a whole album of Gen Tim Tights too, don't you? Did yeah. Yeah. That was common too. Were those pages made specifically for the those size? sizes? Yep. That's mm-hmm. interesting. That's really, really interesting. 
Yeah, this is, it's, a, it's a tiny photograph, but they're so neat. Yeah, I thought he had sort of black-eyed children vibes, so... Yes, he does. <laughs> and he's identified on the back as either Abe Doll or Abe Droll. I'd rather him be Abe Droll. <laughs> I think he's Abe Droll. <laughs> I'm going with that. And he's sealed in there, which means like that is the original. This is the original way that he would have been frame with it received em- in the 1860s. Embossed kind of heavy paper frame from the 1860s. I know we talk about this often, but it's so amazing to hold something in your hand that somebody made in the 1860s. During the Civil War. Yeah, it's amazing. Really, really cool. I will put an image of this in the show notes under this episode at strangefamiliars.com. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can buy this and some other remaining photos of the week. There's some of the older ones left in there. People haven't picked up yet. Go ahead and check it out. While you're at Etsy, check out all of our various wares that we have on sale there. Our shop name is Lost Grave, one word. But if you type in Strange Familiars, our stuff should come up. I've got artwork there. The last two pieces of artwork I've done, Flannel Man illustrations, they haven't even made it to Etsy. They've just gone. Did you put it up like on the Patreon? I put it up on the Patreon Discord. And the same person got the both of the last two immediately, like within minutes of them going up. So who was a past guest, actually a past Bigfoot witness, has gotten both of those. But that's an advantage of being a patron. You get first shot. That stuff, I always try to put stuff up on the Discord maybe maybe an hour or so before I put it on Facebook and Instagram and everything else. The last two, like I said, they didn't have a chance to get there. So that's very, very nice. Thanks to anyone who purchases artwork. That's a huge help as well. Because as you know, I'm going to draw either way. (laughs) No stopping that. If you like my artwork, in our Etsy shop is my art book, Apparitions. You can get that from us. You can get it from Riverbend Comics. I'm trying to get it on Amazon still. I have a message into their warehouse. They're supposed to contact me as soon as they're accepting new titles. Who knows if that's ever going to happen. So get it from us in our Etsy shop or get it from Riverbend Comics. Either way, it comes signed. I signed all the copies I gave to John at Riverbend. So if you like my art, that's a nice way to get a collection helps us out as well while you're on etsy check out karmic garden it's shop name karmic garden one word they have the flannel man soap they have strange familiar soap they have candles they have scented sanitizers all kinds of wonderful stuff karmic garden and of course chad has an etsy shop as well ruck rabbit outdoors where he sells axes and wool clothing and the like So check that out to upcoming episodes. I was thinking the Mysterious Disappearance at Seven Devils. That was originally a patron show, but we did make it an everyone show last year right at the beginning of quarantine. So everyone at least has had an opportunity to hear that. We have one coming up that's kind of similar to that. Yeah, and a little bit has some some tie-ins with the Jenny Beam story too, so. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a Pennsylvania story too, Mm -hmm. so. That's coming up soon. We have some related ephemera to put as our photo of the week for that show, which I'm excited about. For our patron show for March, we're going to update everybody on the Jenny Beam case, and that's coming soon. That episode should be done very soon. And we're going to pair that with a Flannel Man account as well, so you get a little variety on the patron show this month. We've got some on-site stuff coming up, always working on that, various things. Thing about on-site shows is, you know, sometimes we get nothing, and it's not much of an episode. Yeah. <laughs> so like, here we are walking around a parking lot, and nothing's happening. <laughs> so sometimes it takes three, four, five, you know, visits to these different places uh-huh. to actually get an on-site show out of it. So we do have those coming as well. Tons of interviews, all kinds of stuff upcoming, plus some super secret stuff that I'm very excited about. I'm still working on that uh, special episode with Chad that we started, oh my, last summer, I guess. And we need to visit the place at least one more time. And it's been just too cold. It mm-hmm. requires being outside for extended periods of time. and it's Yeah, just, it's been way too cold for Yeah, that. it's just been too much. So we're going back. I will give a little, a little hint about that. The last time we were there, I ran a ghost box. And I was asking questions. Chad had headphones on. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a modified Estes method. 
like that's where people put headphones in a blindfold on so they can't hear the questions Mm -hmm. that you're asking the ghost box and they just repeat anything they hear coming out of the ghost box so he's wearing you know headphones plugged into the ghost box i was asking questions one of the questions i asked of this entity or whatever we were maybe maybe not speaking to was when will we see you and the answer i got and this might not be word for word Mm -hmm. but was along the lines of next time so next time will be the next time we go there so that will be very very interesting oh because that was a that ghost box session was the last time we were there we have to go back because of that for sure 100 percent, and see what happens and we're going to do something special. I'm going to compile all that footage and uh, make something, I think, pretty neat and different out of that. So that's upcoming as well. It might take me a while to put it all together, but I'm working on stuff. And I started my next book, which I'm not ready to reveal yet. I'm doing research on it. So we got a lot of stuff upcoming. And with all the art I'm doing, maybe there'll be a second volume of Apparitions before too long. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you to our patrons. Thank you so much for your help and your support. If you want to find us, we are at strangefamiliars.com. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. And we're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars.
crows go to fold up their wings and die. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.